Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Dawn. And I'm Ronnie. And today we're doing an episode that we didn't plan on doing, but something weird happened. So we decided to do an episode about it. Um, This kind of all started with our library trip, Dawn. So last week we had a little rad reading outing. What did, why don't you tell us about it? We went to the library and got me a library card. I was very excited because the town that I live in has a very, very teeny tiny library that flooded several months ago and it's been closed, Mm -hmm. like completely closed. And so Ronnie pointed out that you can get non-resident library cards which I did not know was a thing. And so we had a rad reading adventure. We had queso. We went to the Fort Worth library and got me the coolest library card ever. There's pictures of it on our social media. And then we sat down and started talking in the library, planning for our fabulous podcast. Yeah. And we realized that the reading that we've been doing, we've completely swapped places a la Freaky Friday. So yes, (laughs) there wasn't a fortune cookie involved, but somehow this happened. Yeah, so um, this episode today is going to be about how our reading tastes um, sometimes flip upside down. And right now, me and Dawn have reversed. Um, she's reading stuff that I would normally read, and I'm reading the stuff that she would normally read, not on purpose. Um, but yeah, we had fun on our library, library trip, and Dawn posted good pictures on Instagram, so you can go and look. But the good thing about Instagram, too, is that people had tips about library cards that we didn't know. Right. One of our listeners has seven, yes, seven library cards so she's like the queen and yes we bow (laughs) to you as the master of library cards she said she had googled for her state um free library cards for texas residents and she saw that some libraries in texas you don't have to be in the city to have them so of course i had to go do this after even though i have i think i'm at five right now so i'm not quite at seven but um, I went and Googled, and apparently, if you live in Texas, so those of you who listen to us that live in Texas, Houston, their big library system will give you a free card that you can apply for online um, if you live anywhere in Texas. So I definitely went and got that. So now I have my non-resident at Fort Worth. I have Houston, which I didn't even have to pay a non-resident fee, um, my local one, and then one from Louisiana that I share with my mom. Shh, don't tell. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited. And one of um, my friends popped up on social media when I posted the picture of the card and pointed out that you can also get a library card in the city where you work. Hmm. I, that doesn't work for us, but right. for people who actually leave the house, you can get a <laughs> library card close to where you work as well. And the great thing about this is it gives us access to all of the eBooks. Yes. Yeah. So if you're thinking, why would I want a library card from a town that I can't get to by car? Um, they let you into your, their ebook catalog and you can get them on your Kindle or whatever your e-reader is. Um, the Houston one was super easy. I didn't even have to go in because like at Fort Worth, we had to go and bring Dawn's ID and show them ID. Houston, you just have to type in your ID information and your driver's license number. Um, and it was like 10 minutes and I had a library card. So really easy. 
And I will tell you guys, you know, I was trying to be better about not buying so many books, even though people buying books actually keeps me in a job. (laughs) So I'm I'm still pro buying books, but what I wanted from the library and what I use it for is the authors that I haven't necessarily tried before or genres that I'm not sure about things that I just kind of want to like, see if I will like this, I'm more likely to try something like that from the library. Um, cause I haven't invested any money yet in it. So, um, and I checked, so, so far this year, my reading 40% of the books I have read have been from the library. So I have made good progress on my library. Reading. That is awesome. Yeah. Yes. So, and Ronnie had this super cool thing called library extension. Yes. I don't know if I talked about this in our library episode, but there is something literally called library extension. That's the name of it. Um, that you can install on your computer. It only works on desktop, not your phone, but it will show you when you go on Amazon, or if you go on Goodreads, when you click on a book, it will show you where it normally would say how to purchase. It scoots that down. So you still have your purchase links, but then it puts in all the links of all the libraries that you have cards to, and it'll say they have one copy at this one that's available, or they have zero of four copies. They're all checked out. So you can find out all on one little screen this book that you might want, where, at what library they might have it um, before you necessarily go buy the book. So it's very helpful. Um, We'll put a link in our show notes so you can add that extension if you want it. What we want to add also, we've mentioned this in previous episodes, but just in case you're new to us, authors still get paid for library books. So if you're wanting to still support your favorite author, the library is a great way to do it. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, people think, don't get free books from the library because you're, you're hurting the authors or whatever. No, stealing books from Amazon or something, or like reading books and returning them to Amazon, that is stealing. <laughs> don't do that. Um, but the we library links about yes, that, <laughs> but the library pays a fee, especially for the eBooks of how many times they can be checked out and different things. Like they pay a licensing fee in order to do that. And part of that money goes to the publisher and part of that money goes to the author. So it still helps us and libraries expose readers to authors, like I was saying, ones you haven't tried yet. If somebody hasn't tried me before, they're more likely to try me at the library. Um, so very pro library. It's, it's good for all involved in the, the publishing industry. So, um, but while we were sitting at the library doing our master planning for this uh, podcast, we were talking about the books we've been reading lately, as we tend to do. And all of a sudden we realized that I am reading all the suspense and true crime and kind of mystery dark stuff. And Dawn, what have you been reading? I've been reading like contemporary romance. I've read a historical, y'all. Oh my god. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Some is it which one is in retrograde? Is it when Mercury's in retrograde that things are oh, weird? I don't know. I don't know. I don't y'all know. Anybody in astrology, but so something must be going on because I've found myself lately just drawn to suspense. And when I went into the library, I started picking up all of these like darker suspensey books. So I don't stress too much about this when my reading kind of goes in a weird direction, because as a writer, I've learned to trust my creative whims, you know, whatever kind of like comes up of like, why am I really, really interested in food memoirs all of a sudden? And then the next time I sit down to write a book, I have a chef or something for a heroine. So it, I know to chase those whims because my brain is telling me, even though I haven't figured it out consciously, that creative part of my brain is like, you should pay attention to this. There's something here. There's a story here. Like when I was reading all the books about school shootings and like reading Columbine by Dave Cullen and all that, I didn't know why I was so like interested in that topic. And then I ended up writing a whole series with a backstory 
of people that had survived a school shooting, even though it was a romance and it wouldn't have seemed like it would have connected that why is a romance writer reading all these books? So I am, don't know what my next book will be. I am in that creative zone trying to figure that out. So I am apparently just obsessed with all (laughs) suspense and lots of true crime, which that isn't too weird for me. I always like true crime. Dawn only watches true crime, right? You don't read yes, it. Yes, we've, we've talked about that before. I don't read it. I need that layer of distance. Mm-hmm. And for me, reading a book, I get fully immersed in the world and I can see everything and feel everything to where if I'm watching it just on TV, I can pause it and it all goes away. So yes, I just watch it. I don't read it. I will listen to true crime podcast right. to you. I can listen to those. My psychology major is really interested in why that like... <laughs> Why list audio and visual is okay for you? Because visually you would think you see the pictures and you see like the people crying on TV. It could be more intense, but it's interesting. But anyway, so today we're going to talk about some of the things that we have read. Um, but also since we're talking about our library visit, we're going to talk about what we picked up in the library that kind of caught our, our attention. So fair warning, some of these we have not read yet. They might be awful. <laughs> we, are right. not, we are not recommending them. We are just saying we are interested in them. So But first, I'm going to start off with one that I highly recommend, Um, and it came to me through a recommendation. See, this is why we listen to podcasts. So I was listening to Sarah's Bookshelves Live, and she was interviewing author Catherine Ryan Howard, who, if you listen to our previous episodes, she wrote 56 Days and The Nothing Nothing Man, and I loved both of those books. So just if you're looking for recommendations and you love an author, often when those authors give recommendations... You're going to like those too, because they, if they write those kind of books and you liked it, they're probably going to read those types of books. So, um, Catherine Ryan Howard recommended into the darkest corner by Elizabeth Haynes. And this is a, a tough book to read. So trigger warnings for domestic violence and just violence in general, but I'll tell you a little bit about the book. Um, so it's when this is from the back cover, when young, pretty Catherine Bailey meets Lee Brightman. She can't believe her luck. Gorgeous, charismatic, and a bit mysterious, Lee seems almost too perfect to be true. But what begins as a flattering attention and spontaneous, passionate sex transforms into raging jealousy, and Catherine soon discovers that Lee's dazzling blue eyes and blonde good looks hide a dark, violent nature. So um, what I loved about this book is it's a dual timeline, and that is one of my like catnip things. I love a dual timeline. And then when you first start reading it, it's a little bit confusing because you're it's an um, first person So you're like, am I reading the same person? Because there's one timeline and then there's a timeline four years later. And in the first timeline, this woman, the narrator is vivacious and she's young and she's partying with her friends and going to clubs all the time and just like living the life of a young 20 something, um, just outgoing and all of that. And then when you switch to the next timeline, there's the narrator is checking her lock six times and checking her drawer of her utensils to see if the forks and the knives have been moved and checking if her curtains are exactly one inch, you know, a certain way. And she doesn't leave the house much. And she's always late for work because she's doing so much checking and she's filled with anxiety and doesn't, you know, have friends anymore. And it's just almost agoraphobic. And you're like, who is this person? Because they're so different, but then you realize soon enough that it is the same person four years later. So Catherine is in the first timeline and then Kathy in the second timeline. So what you're seeing is when she meets this guy, kind of the before, and then the relationship progressing in that first timeline. And then four years later, when she's gone through what she's gone through with him, you know, that he's in jail, 
but that's all you know. So you're discovering like exactly what happened in the first timeline. But the way the author, this like I'm gonna nerd out <laughs> about writing. <laughs> because there are parts of this book, it's kind of a long book. I think it's over 400 pages, but the way the author makes you go through her OCD checks, like you are going with her every time she checks the door, you're going with her every time she checks the curtains and it feels like tedious. And you're just like, come on, we don't need to see it every time she does this. Right. However, she is literally putting you in that empathetic state of this is how it feels for the character. She doesn't want to be doing these checks either. She doesn't want to have to go through this every time, but she can't help herself. So when it switches, the guy gets out of jail and she starts feeling paranoid, you know, that he's out and she doesn't know where he's at, but she's also getting help um, through therapy. So she's starting to do less checking. You as the reader are now like, you need to freaking check the door because <laughs> the guy is out and she's kind of been gaslit a little bit because the therapist, while she's going through it with no, with no malintentions, he's trying to do the right thing is saying, you're being paranoid if you think, cause she would see his face in everybody's face and she would, so he's working her out of that. But then like, she might actually be seeing his face and you as the reader don't know. It's a little bit of an unreliable narrator there, but in a good way, you know, we oh, usually don't like good. those. And so it's like, you kind of know, like, is she seeing him or not? And you're like, check the door. Don't go in there. Don't do this. So you become the OCD person. You want her to go back to checking. So it was so, so well done. Um, I loved it. And I'm going to look for the author's other books, but it is an intense read. So if you have any sensitivities about domestic violence or anything, just please be warned because it is pretty graphic and some of the stuff. So, um, but yeah, that was my crime fiction that I love this week. And crime fiction from the UK is kind of working for me now because this is set in Britain. Um, the other books, Catherine Ryan Howard's are in Ireland. So there's something different to me about American suspense and thrillers and what the UK calls crime fiction. And for some reason that crime fiction is really like doing it for me right now. Yes. Now I totally need to read this, of course. Yeah. yeah I think you would like it. I mean, it's creepy. So it's got a little bit of that. I know you don't, you get scared easily, but I think you could handle this one. Well, in mine, that was kind of a little off for me. This one wasn't as off as the historical. I'll talk about in a minute, but I have been editing some super heavy stuff mm -hmm. and they're amazing. And I can't wait to tell y'all all about a couple of them, but one book, like literally I was like ugly crying at my desk, trying to get through the last part of it. And I knew what was going to happen. I work with the author. I already <laughs> knew what was coming. And I was still like, uh, uh, uh. anyway, so I needed something different. I needed something just to kind of like, it's okay. The world is okay. That whole, I just need to go cuddle a puppy thing. Right. <laughs> I needed to do that. So the book that kind of brought me out of that is Praise, P-R-A-I-S-E by Sarah Kate. And I don't have any idea how I found this. I was okay. thinking of that <laughs> for this episode. I was like, how did that end up on my Kindle? I don't know. It was there. It's good. <laughs> Late night clicking. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, so it is, it's very, very light BDSM. Mm -hmm. And it is a girl who she breaks up with her boyfriend, is moving out of their apartment. And uh, the dad had put down his the boyfriend's dad had put down his half of the deposit for the apartment, which when you're in your mid twenties, that's a big red flag anyway, mm -hmm. but the apartment has sent the entire deposit back to this a guy's dad. So when she shows up and it's like, Hey, I need my half of the deposit. 
He's like, yeah, they sent it to my dad and I don't talk to my dad. So if you want it, you got to go get it. So she goes to the dad, but the dad doesn't know who she is. He's never met her. Mm-hmm. And so he likes to have what we're going to call secretaries, quote unquote. <laughs> right. And so she shows up at his house, walks in. He thinks she's been sent over as one of these secretaries. And there's a really funny scene that I won't ruin there, but it basically is her figuring out what she actually likes mm-hmm. and it's an age gap. And she ends up, you know, she's doing this with her ex-boyfriend's dad. Right. And normally that's not my thing. Like the whole, you know, um, age gaps are okay. I do okay with age gaps, but the whole, like, you know, my stepsister or my, that, that level of taboo romance I guess normally isn't my thing loved this oh good loved it read every minute of it it's got this great fun smart heroine it's got an actual conflict Mm -hmm. of other than just the fact okay I can't really be with you because you're you know however many years older than me and it had some really great LGBT representation that I just loved how it was done I totally have to read all of Sarah Kate's backlist now so (laughs) That was the one that was a little different for me. Where is it on like the light to dark scale for the romance? It's very, it's very light. Okay. It's um, like I said, it has light BDSM in it. I can't think of anything I would say as a trigger warning on it really. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's very, very light. All right. Well, my next one is one that I picked up randomly at um, the library and it is, I would call it psychological thriller slash horror um slash supernatural thriller so it's called where they wait by scott carson and i'm talking about this one i usually don't talk about books that i didn't love and i did not love this one but i'm talking about it because it gave me two important lessons so i had texted dawn I'm putting this book down at 30% mark. It's not working for me. And um, the reason it wasn't working for me is it starts off really well. So the setup is that there's this app, the sleep app that's going to help people, you know, get better sleep and dream better and all of this stuff. But um, the guy who is a reporter is the main character. He's going to go and do a story about this and it has some sinister qualities to it like mind control or something so that setup was like what got me I was like okay psychological thriller tech thriller you know they're gonna so but I got into it and I really liked his descriptions of Maine he like he paints the picture really well for the setting so I felt like I was there I was really enjoying it and then we got to lots and lots of exposition which is what um in writer terms is basically when people are just telling information um about what's going on so like there's this mystery of this guy's past and then he meets his friend from high school and she basically just like tells them all the things that happened back then. And it's like pages and pages of like just explaining instead of like him discovering it or going to find it out. And I felt like this is not how I like to read a kind of mystery situation. So I put it down. Well, the problem is I kept thinking about the book, which credit to the author, because I'm like, <laughs> I want to know what's up with the app. Like, what is it doing? Like, why is it? you know, <laughs> because we use these kind of apps. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back in. And I even had put in my book journal, I had written out my whole DNF summary. So I had like committed to the DNF, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, 
I need to know what's up with this app. So I read the rest of it. And the lesson I learned is that I should trust my DNF instincts. It was not the book for me. And the reason why it wasn't just because of the exposition thing, although there was more of that, it was pitched as a psychological thriller on the back. Like I felt like it's this tech thriller thing. And that's what I was looking for. But then it switches into supernatural folklore kind of stuff. And that was not what I was wanting. So I can read a supernatural thriller, but I like to know that's what I'm reading. I don't like it to say I'm in the real world and then it's going to switch to the supernatural stuff. So that's what I didn't like about behind her eyes that we've talked about ad nauseum that I didn't appreciate. It was the same thing. It's like, you think you're in a psychological thriller and then the twist is that it's supernatural. I don't love that twist. So the writing was fine. The reviews on this are really good. So this is not a bad book. It's just, it was not for me, but I learned that the micro genre of psychological thriller switches to supernatural. It's not for me. And that when I DNF something, I should probably trust my gut that it just wasn't the right book for me. So, well, and that goes with our last episode about, is it a, is it a bad book or is it a not for mm-hmm. you book? And sometimes it's a not for you right now book, right? which is where I think you thought you were. Yes. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta trust that DNF gut. Yeah. I did think it was a not for me right now. I thought I was just not in the mood or something. And then, yeah, but no, wasn't for me, unfortunately. Well, and I do have to say that I'm glad you went ahead and finished it because we talked about this book at lunch at our, on our <laughs> library adventure and I didn't want to read it, but I did want to know what happened. Right. And so I appreciate you taking one for the rad reading team here and finishing it. So I could know what happened without having to read it. And then I told her what happened and she was like, what? <laughs> and then I was really confused. <laughs> And okay, so here's where things got really kind of freaky in our Freaky Friday sort of way. And that is the first thing that I read with my new library card was a historical. That's amazing. (laughs) Isn't it? Um, I blame this on the fact we went to a Renaissance festival over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of in that, oh, pretty dresses. And (laughs) oh, you should have read a medieval. (laughs) I have one of those on my TBR. I have a Fireheart by Emma Ham on my TBR, which is a medieval, there's dragons involved, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, but again, I was still looking for something light mm-hmm. because I was, especially after I got more steps in walking around that Ren Fest than I think I have in the past like six months. So I just needed to, to relax and read something light. And so I read How to Be a Wallflower by Eloisa James. And this was, I think, a great historical for me to get started on because it has an American hero. And I liked him a lot. And then it has an English heroine. And it's the beginning of the season, which is where they do all the balls and all that kind of thing. And she has purposely decided to be a wallflower. She runs her own company, which was very rare, but she runs her own company. She has no interest in getting married. Her grandfather is insisting on debuting her into polite society. So she goes to a costumer who usually makes costumes for the theater and wants her to be, to dress her as drab as she possibly can. (laughs) She's, she's like, I want to be in dull colors. I want unflattering dresses. I'm just, I don't want to get anybody's attention. Mm -hmm. Well, while she is there, our American hero shows up and the American hero is trying to buy the costume shop. 
uh, and wants to move them to New York because he owns all these theaters. Mm-hmm. And there, of course, was a misunderstanding with the contract, that kind of thing. But she ends up, because she is a woman of her own means at that time, she ends up buying the costume shop out from under him. Huh, nice. Because she's like, no, you're not moving them to New York. I'm mm-hmm. going to. And so they have this cute little enemies to lovers type battle that's all very formal and very prim, except for he doesn't really know the rules of the society. So there's times he does stuff and they're like, <gasps> you know, pearl clutch. And But the part that I thought was really fun is they make an agreement that they are going to choose clothes for each other for these balls and that that will show either that this customer can make the transition into dressing women and men for the balls or that she needs to go to New York with him and dress actors. It's very cute. It's slightly predictable. It's low angst, but it was, it was a lot of fun and I loved it. Yeah. That's why I like, um, particularly Regency historicals, but it's because it is so like comforting that, you know, it's going to work out and, you know, it's, it's just light and lovely. And Eloisa James is a queen in, uh, in historical fiction. So you started in a good place. You started with a good (laughs) author, but, um, and next I'm going to talk about a couple of books that I picked up from the library and Dawn has a couple of hers too. So mine's a bunch of murder. <laughs> so once again, I have not read these. So please don't at me. <laughs> I recommended some book that you didn't like, but these look promising. So I got um, The Sorority Murder by Alison Brennan. And I know Dawn, you're a big Alison Brennan fan. I do love Alison Brennan. So I think you're going to be very happy with this. And I think I'm going to have to read it. Yeah. So I have, I've read her, but it was like probably a decade ago. So it's been a long time since I've read her, but I remember liking her, but on um, the premise of this, I'm just going to give you the little tagline, a popular sorority girl, an unsolved murder, a campus podcast with chilling repercussions. So this is one of those examples of all I needed to know was <laughs> it's a campus novel plus a true crime podcaster. I really don't care what else <laughs> I'm picking. Right, up that's all we need. <laughs> that's all I need to know. Um, so that's the sorority murder by Allison Brennan. And then the next one I picked up was the chase by Candace Fox. So we're going to do a little lesson real quick in high concept children. (laughs) (laughs) High concept is when you can talk about a movie or a book in one or two sentences and instantly you can picture kind of what it's going to be like, like you instantly know. Um, So here is the, what's on the back of the book of the chase that I'm, you know, I was in the library and I just randomly picked it up and looked and it has, um, it starts with dialogue. So it says, are you listening warden? What do you want? I want you to let them out. Which inmates are we talking about? all of them. And then, so with that, the largest manhunt in the United States history is on in response to a hostage situation, more than 600 inmates from the pronghorn correctional facility, including everyone on death row are released into the Nevada desert. So criminals considered the worst of the worst Um, monsters with dark, violent past are getting farther away by the second. And then John cradle convicted of murdering his wife and son is one of the escapees. And now desperate to discover what really happens that night, Cradle must avoid capture and work quickly to prove his innocence as law enforcement closes in on the fugitives. So high concept. This is basically the fugitive, but it's all of the inmates are let out at once. So that's all you need to know about a book to know it's going to be a thriller. It's going to be fast paced. There's going to be good guys and bad guys let out. And um, so I'm in for this. So we'll see. Now, the one drawback of these sometimes for me is when it's super high concept, a lot of times I don't pay as much attention to characterization. <laughs> it's all plot. 
So we'll find out. And I'm sitting over here going, I want that one. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's The Chase by Candace Fox. And then the next one came to me um, from a podcast recommendation. So this is True Crime. It's called The Yoga Store Murder by Dan Morse. Um, and it was recommended by Meredith on the Currently Reading podcast as one of the best true crime books she's ever read. She's brought it up a couple of times on the podcast. And I don't love the cover. The cover is really boring. So I kind of didn't pick it up the first time. I know, I know y'all, that's true crime. I shouldn't be worrying about the cover, but I do. Um, I'm shallow like that. <laughs> so it, anyway, it focuses on the Lululemon murder in Maryland where one worker is brutally murdered. The other girl is found tied up and injured in the bathroom, but the survivor story is coming into question. So that's all I know about it. Um, but I'm usually kind of a book twin with Meredith when she's talking about certain types of books. I'm not a book twin across the board, but for true crime, she's a pretty good source for me. So I bought that one. We'll see. That one was hard to find at any libraries. All of the library cards I have, it, was, it wasn't anywhere. So I think it's kind of like an under the radar book. It's not mm. something that was by a big publisher. I think this is a good point for us to mention that you can recommend books for libraries to buy too. Yes. And I actually did that recently. You just have to find out each library has a different way of doing it, but I was able to recommend one to my library and they immediately bought it. And then they put you first on the hold list. So they messaged me that, Hey, your book is in, and then you go in and it's all wrapped up nicely with your name on it. And you get to be first. Unfortunately, <laughs> the one I got them to buy, I read like 30 pages of it. And I was like, no, <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. <laughs> so I hope someone else loves it at the library. <laughs> it did not work for me at all. We will leave that one. I won't talk about it, but yeah, it, the voice for it didn't work for me, but yes, you can do that. My next one was also recommendation. I heard from a number of podcast sources. So it's the appeal by Janice Hallett, H A L L E T T. So everybody who mentions it on social media that I've seen is like, how did she do that? So this dawn to me was like your catnip. There's some sort of puzzle that they pull off. That's what I was like. Oh, my, like I set up like, Oh, <laughs> so the premise is a group of people in a theater company also dons catnip because you, you were involved yes. in theater with your kids, but someone dies. Um, and this is from the back cover. The next day, a dead body is found and soon an arrest is made. In the run-up to the trial, two young lawyers sift through material, emails, messages, and letters with a growing suspicion that a killer may still be on the loose. So it's billed as kind of a new form of an epistolary novel, which epistolary means a novel in letters. So my guess is they're going to be sifting through all of these emails and different texts and things, trying to figure out the mystery and the puzzle. And like I said, everyone that's talked about it is like, oh my God, like, how did they, how did she pull this off? So I'm in based on recommendation and we will see how it goes. My library did have this one, so I have it. And then the book of cold cases by Simone St. James. I got this one on audio. So I have a number of books by Simone St. James, but for some reason, she's, she's always a book of the month author. And I love the premises of her books. It usually has some sort of supernatural element, a little bit of horror in the mystery. And so I always get the books. I have yet to read one of them. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like I get them and I just, I don't know. So I decided to get this one on audio thinking maybe it will encourage me as an audiobook because I don't have this physical book. I have other books of hers. So it's a true crime blogger gets more than she bargained for while interviewing the woman acquitted of two cold case slayings in this chilling new novel. So that's what's on the back. And like I said before, this, this one hints at the supernatural. So I know this is probably going to have some supernatural element and I'm okay with that because it's already told me to be expecting that. So 
I'm going to give that one a try and we'll see if the audio works for me because fiction on audio is hit or miss for me. And then last, and y'all can stop hearing me talk, um, is Green River Running Red by Anne Rule. So this is true crime about the Green River Killer. Um, If you've listened to our previous episodes, I recently read A Stranger Beside Me and was really impressed by her writing style. And Anne Rule has like a prolific um, backlist. I mean, she wrote a lot of true crime books and she's like an early, you know, person in true Mm -hmm. crime. So, but she's, she writes a compelling, but also factual kind of reporter, like, you know, case stuff, but also just, I don't know, her writing's really easy to, to read. So I got this one also an audio that was on hoopla. So for those of you who have hoopla with your library, it is on there and the narrator is good. So she narrates some of her own books, but this one she doesn't, but I really like the narrator so far. So that's Green River Running Red, um, which is a terrible title, not in the sense of it's a terrible title, but it's a sad title. So um, by Anne Roll. So that is my big library stack. I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to read all of these, but I'm going to try. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm back to, I don't even know who you are anymore. (laughs) I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done to my reading habits here. Right. So I just want to be like you, Dawn. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody just wants to, I want to draw everybody into the creepiness. So I have the same kind of list of these are, again, haven't read them. Y'all will find out in future episodes if we read them, what we thought, all that kind of thing. And if we so, don't talk about them, that means we didn't read them or we hated them. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, you need to message us on social media right. and we'll let you know why we haven't talked about them yet. So right now I'm currently reading, this one isn't a library book, but just to give y'all an idea of where I went from reading all this dark true crime, or uh, I don't read true crime, the dark and the mystery and all of that. um, I'm currently reading Fix Her Up by Tessa Bailey, which is a super cute, um, he is a pro baseball player who has to come back to his hometown after he got hurt. And she is literally a clown at children's birthday parties. (laughs) So it is super grumpy sunshine. I'm really liking it. I'm about 30 pages in so far. So I'll give y'all an update on that. But as far as I know, no dead bodies are going to show up. And there doesn't (laughs) really seem to be a puzzle right now. Mm -hmm. So books that I have from the library because I've played a lot. Here's, here's the issue with our library trip. We went and made, did our library trip on a day where I had a gap in my schedule. And then the next day, when I wanted to play with all of the fun library stuff, I had all this stuff that I have to do because it's like I have a job or something. So this weekend, I got to actually play with the, the library stuff. So the first book that I put on there is My American Duchess by Eloisa James, because evidently I like historicals now. This one, (laughs) again, totally Freaky Friday. This one's an audio book. Wow. And it is about a character that was in How to Be a Wallflower. It is the American hero's best friend who happens to be a girl that he's grown up with. And I really liked her character And so when I saw that she has her own book, I'm like, I totally have to have her own book. But I also have company coming this week and I have to clean my house. Mm. So I'm thinking I'm going to clean my house listening to a a historical. That's a good plan. 
And then the other one that I got from the library is The Mystery of Miss Christie by Marie Bennett. And I thought I had bought this book, y'all, because (laughs) Ronnie texted me and was like, hey, I know you want this book. It's on sale. Evidently, I just opened the tab. Nice. And it's been open on my computer for a while now. So I clicked on it. And then it popped up on the side with our nifty little library extension that's like, hey, this book's available at the library. So I'm going to get it through the library first. I will probably end up buying it. But it is a fictional account of um, Agatha Christie, who, of course, is the queen of mystery, went missing at one point for 11 days. And it's never really been clear what happened during that time. So this is an, a fictional account of what could have happened. So I'm excited to read that. And then I didn't go completely off the rails. <laughs> I, ca- I came back to a couple of my, my um, mystery and suspense roots. So I didn't go completely insane. So Last Seen Alone by Laura Griffin And I do love Laura Griffin. She has the Texas Murder Files series that I adore. And this one isn't from the Texas Murder Murder Files, but this is about someone disappearing. It's my my kind of thing. Somebody Mm -hmm. disappears, you've got agents trying to find them. So I'm excited about that. And then there were two that I have been debating if I wanted to buy or not, because the Kindle books are kind of, yeah, they're in hardback, right? So it's a, yeah. it's a high Kindle price. Yeah. Yes. So the Kindle book is Kindle price is kind of high right now, but I'm seeing this as particularly the Paris apartment by Lucy Foley. I'm seeing that one everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really tempted by it. And just a quick little talking about the high concept thing. This is the socialite, the nice guy, the alcoholic, the girl on the verge and the concierge. Everyone's a neighbor, everyone's a suspect, and everyone knows something they're not telling. Yes, <laughs> I am here for that. Have you read her before? I have not. Okay, because if you end up liking her, I have The Guest List, which is another one of hers that sounds very Agatha Christie-like. I think it's a locked room mystery type thing. So if you like her, you can borrow a book of mine. <laughs> she loves me, y'all. I get to borrow her books. Um, this one I put on hold with our new nifty little library cards. There's like an eight week hold on it, but I think for me, that might be a good thing Mm -hmm. because this way I've already got it there. I know it's going to pop up on my phone and be like, Hey, you have your new book. Mm -hmm. And hopefully in eight weeks, everything will calm down enough that I can actually take the time to read it. Sure. Sure. That'll happen. (laughs) I do the whole thing when it's because your new releases are always going to have long holds on them. Um, but what I like is that it is kind of a nice surprise. Like you kind of forget about it. And then like weeks down the line or months down the line, it's like, Hey, you have a book surprise. Um, and if it's not the right time, when a hold pops up, all of them that I've seen, let you give it to the next person. And then they'll check with you again, like after that person's up. So if it's not the right time, you can always defer. So, and then the last one that I have also on hold with the library, because it is also a new release, but I keep hearing about it and I want to read it so bad. It is called What Happened to the Bennetts by Lisa Scottaline. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. And this is about a family that gets carjacked, just coming home from like the kids uh, field hockey game one day. And they are advised to um, enter the witness protection program. 
And so they have to leave everything. They're put in this whole unfamiliar life and then things start falling apart. And the, the thing that interested me a lot about this one is that it says that when the father learns the shocking truth about them being carjacked, he has to take matters into his own hands. And the tagline on it is sometimes justice is a one man show. So I'm not really sure which way this one's going to go, but I'm definitely intrigued. Awesome. Well, we have big library stacks to get through then. (laughs) So we're going to have our TBR is getting taller and taller. And we also wanted to put in just since we're doing our freaky Friday and switching things, but I know a lot of you also like when we do um, movie and TV recommendations. So when I'm in this mode of reading all of this stuff, my TV watching has been matching that. So I figured I would share a couple. If you are into true crime, um, I have a couple of good ones that I've watched lately. So first is if you're a subscriber to my newsletter, you've heard me talk about this one already, but it's Ted Bundy falling for a killer. Um, It's on Amazon prime. Like I said, I had read the stranger beside me. And so after I wanted to go and watch documentary, Um, it's a couple of episodes, but, and there's a ton out there on Ted Bundy. There's a number of different documentaries. What I loved about this one was it was from the perspective of his long-term girlfriend and daughter. So they, you know, that they have a very unique perspective and it is so focused on the victims, this, this documentary, like on the women that they were and how great and amazing they were. And I really liked that. It wasn't about him. It was, it wasn't about, he was brilliant and handsome and blah, 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 blah. It was like these women, we have lost people that were going to really make a difference in the world and all. And it was like, so well done. And the daughter, me and you could hang out with her Dawn. She was like (laughs) snarky and she does this thing. I'm not going to give it away because it's kind of, you know, a twist in the, the documentary, but she does this thing to protect her mother from something that I was like, I love her. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I, it was, it was so well done. So um, if you were interested in that kind of thing, I highly recommend it. And then 2020 is old standby. I, this is probably where my early true crime love came from because I used to watch 2020, but this is season 43 episode 20 is called taken. It's referred to as the real life gone girl case, but these, this couple is in their house and in the middle of the night, guy shows guys, I think it was two shows up in the bedroom and puts him at gunpoint and kidnaps her. And I think like ties him up or handcuffs him or something. And so he goes to the cops and is like, my girlfriend's been abducted. It was these guys in like rubber wetsuits and they put goggles on us and handcuffed us and all of this stuff. And I don't know where she is. And they think he did it. And He's like, no, no, I, I like this actually happened. They're like dudes in wetsuits showed up in your apartment with <laughs> goggles and t- okay. Um, and then the woman shows up calling, she's been dropped off somewhere and, or she calls, I, I don't, I haven't watched it in a week. So forgive me if I'm getting the things wrong, but she shows up and there she's like, they've dropped me off. You know, I'm, I'm free. Please come get me. Blah, blah, blah. They bring her in and they're like, we think y'all orchestrated this whole thing. Now I can tell you that they didn't. So yeah. So she's written a book about it, but the interrogations that you see and like how they're treating, now she is a victim. She was raped, all of this stuff. And they're treating her like she was gone girl. Like she faked her own kidnapping. It is unbelievable. So 
if you were interested, um, watch that episode and then true crime obsessed podcast that I've talked about before they cover this episode in one of their podcasts and it's worth watching it and then go and listen to them. Um, true crime obsessed has a comedy element to it, but they do it in a respectful way. They're usually making fun of the way the cops, you know, handled things or whatever, but it's very pro victim. They, you know, anyway, so that was a crazy episode. Even my husband who does not watch that stuff, it happened to be on in the background. Like it was just on and he like started watching it and then he couldn't stop. So <laughs> it was like a very compelling story. Um, and then my last one is the murder of Gabby Petito truth lies on social media. This is on Peacock. So this obviously recently happened. If y'all don't remember, it was all over the news, but Gabby Petito was that Instagram influencer. She went on the camping trip with her fiance. Um, the cop stopped her and it was kind of like a domestic violence looking situation, but they didn't take him in. Um, and then he shows up back in Florida without her and, you know, she was found dead. So this documentary was really well done. There was a lot of footage because she was doing so much Instagram and videos and everything. So it's so sad um, to see, but I think it's important to watch because what we see from people is not always what's going on and signs of domestic violence and everything can be very subtle. And the way the cops handled the situation, they made minor mistakes that caused, you know, bigger problems. Like I, I'm not blaming the cops that they, they tried, but they could have done a little bit differently. Um, but there's actually a scene in it that the cop is telling his partner who is apparently is in training or something. We have to separate them when it's domestic violence, because the woman often won't incriminate the guy and like, he'll end up going, kill her. He actually says it like, oh. and, yeah. And that's the, how the situation turns out. So um, it was a well done documentary. Her parents are in it, but yeah, it's sad. So not, it's not an uplifting one to watch, but that is the murder of, murder of Gabby Petito on Peacock. All right, Dawn, are you watching happier, lighter things? <laughs> no. And you think <laughs> I would be, um, I have, so our newest family obsession is Moon Knight on Disney Plus, which is a superhero. It was a superhero I was not familiar with. This one is freaking me out a little bit. And I will say that I have started watching it while I'm like working on my reading journal and my husband and my son are like completely sucked into it because I don't even know how really to describe it, but it involves the main character has um disassociative personality disorder okay yeah I is think that that's the right words okay yes that can be right so like multiple personality yes so and you don't know what's real what's not what's somebody who's taking him over so it's really good it's really well done it might have given me nightmares though because I did have a couple of nightmares that involved some elements from it that I'm like maybe I don't want to watch this anymore but it's really good so we've been watching that. The other thing that is my complete new obsession is Outer Range, which is on Amazon Prime. It has Josh Brolin in it. And this is Stranger Things meets Cowboys. That's another high concept description. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It has absolute great tension. And one of the things I do as an editor is I do teach a class on tension and this just like the whole time you were like white knuckling it because tension is built when the audience knows something the characters don't. And so the whole time, like these people start talking to each other and you're like, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. And like you were talking about with that other book, if you're like, no, check the door six times, you need to check the door six times. 
that definitely comes into play here. So it's right now there are only four episodes out and we've only been able to watch them two at a time. And I think that's good because I need like the breather in between. But basically what it is about is it's about a family in Wyoming. It is gorgeous looking at all the the landscape and everything is beautiful. And there's a lot of issues in this family that have happened. But the big issue is that there's definitely something supernatural going on. And you're not really sure what that's about. You're not really sure how it's all going to come together, but loving that. And then you and I went and saw The Lost City. Yes, we did. <laughs> A rad reading date. <laughs> A rad reading date. And it was so much fun, y'all. If you don't, if you're not familiar with The Lost City, The Lost City is Sandra Bullock is a romance writer. So of course we had to go see it Mm -hmm. because then you throw in Channing Tatum as her cover model. Right. And he just, he just makes my heart go pitter patter. I will just (laughs) lay that out for you. And it follows the story of her getting kidnapped and Channing Tatum trying to save her. And it is awesome. And if you are at all involved in the romance authors or romance novels, you will absolutely love this. It is fabulous. Yeah. And you'll also laugh at like some of the things that are so untrue, like the giant book launch party that she gets. I'm like, (laughs) unless you're like really, really big deal, like your book party is usually like your family bought you a cake. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) But no, it was really fun. It was a good movie. So, and speaking of authors. Um, we wanted to have a little brief announcement before we do our rad reading recs. So in our very, you know, and sorry, you guys, Leonard, we've hit his limit. He napped for an hour or whatever. And now he's like, you need to end the podcast. Um, But he's excited about our announcement. Yes. Yes. So when we were doing our brainstorming, we decided that we are going to reach out to some of our author friends. Um, because just like I was talking about Catherine Ryan Howard recommending books that I liked, Authors are great at recommending books because we are in the business. We can see sometimes things that other readers can't see. Um, So we are going to see if some of our author friends will be kind enough to come on the podcast with us. Um, They'll be able to tell you about their books, but really what it's going to be about is them recommending books to you guys, their favorite books. So more to come. We have to reach out to people to do it, but I'm really excited. And hopefully that will be more recommendations for you guys. Yes, I'm really excited about that because I love the authors as readers concept. Mm -hmm. And when I work with a lot of my clients, usually what comes up during the conversation while we're talking about their books is, oh my gosh, have you read this one? Because I just read this and I thought this about it. And what did you think about that one? So we get into these conversations all the time Mm -hmm. and they're going to be a whole lot of fun to have with our rad reading listeners. And as an author who gets invited on other podcasts to talk about my own books, I can tell you my favorite question is when they're like, well, what are you reading? What do you want to recommend? Because we get tired of talking about our own books. We're just like, please buy it. Can we move on? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about my own stuff. Um, But I love talking about other people's stuff, obviously, since we started this podcast. But um, we'll give you more details as they come to us because we do have to schedule people and all of those logistics. But I'm excited. Um, and last this week, we are doing our rad reading recs of the week. So if you've listened to us before, you know that these are like our top, top, top picks that we want to add to our list. You can find the full list on our website, which is radreadingpodcast.com. And then there's a tab for just the rad recs. So it's a big list of all the covers you can click through. It's got the buy links. 
But Dawn, what is your rad wreck of the week? So I'm cheating just a little bit with my rad wreck of the week because we usually like to recommend books that are already out, but this book releases in just a few days and I'm super, super excited about it. It is A Rival's Kiss by Maya Hughes. And I've mentioned Maya Hughes before because she has the Fulton U series and the St. Francis University series, which is the FU and the STFU. <laughs> and it is a football college romance. And it's these great found family series. And this book, I'm so excited because it is a crossover between the two. Oh, nice. So this is Ezra's book. And if you are familiar with the Fulton U series, Ezra shows up as a rival several times. And Ezra shows up in the first book of the STFU series, which is Kiss and Tell. And he saves a girl at a football game. She falls and he catches her. And that's all we know about it there. And this is all about what happens after. And it is really well done. She is the sister of a rival. And so there's all of this tension. Plus, because it's Maya Hughes, they both have these super angsty, I just want to hug you and tell you the world's going to be okay backstories. And this was not the one that had me ugly crying at my desk, but I will say you want to keep a box of tissues handy because there is this one moment that just rips out your soul. So, but but it's good. Right. It's soul ripping, but good. (laughs) It's soul ripping, but good because it is a romance. So all of those expectations are fulfilled. So that is Arrival's Kiss by Maya Hughes. Awesome. And I love that as soon as Leonard stops barking, your bird starts chirping and then mine starts, it's like they're talking yeah, they, to each other. They've got some kind of conversation going here. <laughs> All right. So my rad wreck of the week is, I'm going to try to say this correctly without stumbling, The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green. So this is John Green of the Fault in Our Stars fame, but for the record, the Anthropocene is our current geological age. I think this is a clever name, but it's a bad name for a book because I would have never picked this up. I would have never looked at that and said, yeah, that sounds like something I want to read, but apparently it's based on a podcast called the same thing. Um, and I got the recommendation from a newsletter by Laura Tremaine. So had she not recommended it, I would have never even, this would have hit, it wouldn't have hit my radar, but I listened to this in audio, which is how I recommend you take this one. You know, it is essays written um, in a review style. So basically what he's doing is taking a topic like the internet or wintry mix or diet Dr. Pepper, and he'll write an entire essay about it. And then he'll give it four stars or two stars or whatever. And a lot of them are really poignant. Some of them are funny, but it was like such a nice thing to listen to, like while I'm cooking or while I'm, you know, doing things around the house, because they were short little essays And some of them do get serious, but it really was just like a feel good read. So if you need something that you can listen to in the car or, and if you're not sure the podcast still exists, so you can go and listen to some of the essays via the podcast, just to get like a feel for whatever it is. But, um, I really, really liked it. And, um, I'm also adding, I'm cheating because usually I only get one rad wreck, but into the darkest corner, the one I talked about earlier by Elizabeth Haynes. I'm adding it to our list because I don't want to talk about it again in a future episode just to add it. So it is good enough to make the rad reading rec list immediately. So those are my two recs. And 
think that's it for us, Dawn. We had a lot to wreck for everybody today. So you all yes. need to go out to your stores or libraries and stock up on all your books. <laughs> well, and Ronnie is wonderful because she does our show notes and she will put links to all of these books that we've talked about in the show notes so that you don't have to try to figure out how to locate them while you're listening. Yes. Thanks for saying that because I have been getting messages or emails like, what was that book you said? Blah, blah. Like we don't expect y'all to remember you guys. We know you're in your cars or you're cooking dinner or you're walking your dog and listening to this. You don't have time to write it down. I literally type up every book we mentioned, even if we're not recommending and it's just something random we mentioned, they're all in there. They're all linked. So you can just go on that list on the website and click Apple podcast. Doesn't let us put the full notes in your podcast app. It's just a word limit. So you just click the link in there and it will lead you directly to the page with all the links. So go get your books. But you are always welcome to hit us up on social media. We are on Facebook at Rad Reading Podcast and on Instagram at Rad Reading Podcast, where we put all the pictures of our adventures when we have them. Yes. And where we get our library tips from you guys. So yes, (laughs) thanks for that. (laughs) But all right. Well, that's it for us this week. We hope that every book you pick up is Rad Reading and we'll see you next time. Bye. How to be a wall fire. No. <laughs> you read How, how to, to Be a, wall- a Wild Fly? <laughs> <laughs> how to be a wall. <laughs> how to be. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> we always need blooper reel. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's-